Let's go. What's going on, everybody? My name is Mel, and welcome to Rejection is a Bitch podcast. I'm a master of life and relationship coach, and I partner with divorcees facing rejection to discover uh, discover acceptance within. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, rejection, rejection being a bitch. And today's topic is how rejection from my mother and my wife brought me to freedom. Ooh, doesn't it sound juicy? It sounds juicy. I know it does. Now, if you are a divorcee facing rejection or anyone facing rejection, I have one sentence that can change your life forever. I want you to stick around to the end of this and you will see that and hear that sentence. I believe it will blow your mind. Now, you may be wondering, who am I? You know, and how can I possibly help anyone facing rejection? That's exactly what I want to share with you today. I want to give you my story. I want to tell you the things and my experience with rejection and how I went from the pit of rejection to the paradise of freedom. I'm going to give a quick disclaimer because I will be discussing a lot of things regarding my loved ones. So people that are my current loved ones and some people that was a part of my past. And the disclaimer I want to say is that there's two things in this world. We have truth and then we have what's true for us. So by no means am I saying this is the absolute truth, but I am saying this is my complete story. Now, for starters, I'm a regular guy. I know we got this fascination in this world that everyone wants to be, you know, extraordinary. Everyone wants to be spectacular. I'm a regular guy. I'm just letting you know. I'm a regular guy from Dallas, Texas, a hood in Dallas, Texas called Pleasant Grove. Uh, That's why I spent the majority of my life, but we were raised almost everywhere, honestly. We moved so much, and it was taxing. I came from a two-parent household, but my parents were very unstable. Loved them to death. They were very unstable. But it makes sense. These were two kids. My, my mom and dad married. He was 18. My mom was 17. She had me by the age of 19. She already had my older sister. So these were two kids trying to figure things out. And what do kids do once stress arises? They fight. They cry. They argue. And they run away. It was that run, running away aspect that really got to me the most. Seemingly, when there was an argument going on between my parents, they were fighting and seemingly like having a war to see who would get to the door faster, who could leave faster. And my dad admittedly would, would win majority of those times. And when he would leave, yeah, they would hurt. There would be pain. There would be tears shed. But we'll move on, honestly. We'll be like, hey, dad gone. What else is new? What's for dinner? But it was the times when my mom left that it really brought so much of that pain. My most vivid memories of my childhood is my mom leaving and me begging her to stay. I vividly remember standing at the door asking my mom, please don't leave. Because it was a different experience when mom left. It was an entirely different experience. I mean, honestly, dad was kind of like, hey, y'all go in the room, don't say nothing, you know. And me and my sister got to say, hey, we got to survive somewhere or another. We get tired of SpaghettiOs after a while, you know. You want an actual meal cooked by your mom. It just seemed like a different dynamic. But my mom would choose to leave every single time. Ladies and gentlemen, that was my introduction 
to rejection. So what does a kid do at a young age when you're facing rejection at home? You start to go towards the children at the school. You start trying to find other, other avenues to overcome that rejection and find some level of acceptance. So going to school, it was a very interesting thing for me because honestly, like I said, we moved from year to year. I can't remember spending more than one year from elementary to middle school at the same school. So think about a child already dealing with rejection at home and now have to deal with making new friends every single school year. You got other kids who fully are immersed in their friendships from the year before, but now I'm learning a new friendship all the time. And honestly speaking, you get enamored and you start to understand and start really fall in love with the fact of being alone. You really, you, you live in a dual reality. Yes, I do want to have friends. I do want to make new friends and have people that would accept me and not face this rejection. But honestly, being alone feels a lot better. And honestly, the more I'm around others, I'm just really looking for my next opportunity to be on my own. It started to build up a fear of rejection. I didn't want to face that the kids may possibly reject me. That's really what it was. And that fear of rejection can feel like a prison. It can feel like captivity. And captivity for all of us, I'm sure some of you can relate. You start trying to find some type of solace. You start trying to find something that can make you feel better even within that prison. And you try to find a place of temporary acceptance. For me, my place of temporary acceptance was sex. The sexual moments. I'm not proud to say this. I wish that I could have the story like so many others that your innocence was not taken at an early time, but mine was. Introduced to sexual moments from my older family members, whether that be through pornography or filling on other family members or being, being left alone negligently by adults. All these kids trying to figure life out together. But sex became my place of temporary acceptance. And this followed me all the way through my high school and through my early 20s and actually to a place where I, I met my ex-wife. Now, I'm going to discuss our relationship a little bit more in depth a little bit later, but let me discuss the rejection aspect of our marriage. We were together for a total of, of 13 years. And throughout that time frame, it was a lot of turmoil. So we decided to go ahead and, and get a separation about the nine-year mark. During this separation, we made the decision that you go your way, I go my way, but we ultimately will come back together under the same roof and continue on with our marriage. We made the decision that you're going to do your individual work. And admittedly, I would say that I did that work. Me and her have had conversations since our divorce, and she told me that she did not do the work. But what was a key cog in everything is knowing that every attempt I made to continue to come back, she would reject. With every rejection, I decided to go to my drug of choice, which is food. 
So that got me to the, the heaviest I ever been in my life. And I had to look at myself in the mirror and realize what I had become. All of my mistakes, all of my decisions, all of my bad choices led me to a person that I could not be proud of. Led me to an aspect of my life that I could not even face. So something had to give. So what is this episode? This episode all about victimhood? This episode get you guys to feel sorry for me? Hell no. <laughs> this episode is the confirmation that rejection is a bitch. It hurts. It's empty. It's a gateway to more issues. There are also a bitch. I know the pain that you may feel. You're not alone. There's somebody facing the same thing you may be feeling at this moment. Going through a divorce, going through a separation, going through a moment of rejection, that pain is real. But there is hope. I ain't just trying to sound too deep for anybody who's listening. I just really want you to know there is an opportunity for you to get beyond that rejection. To get to a place where you can find full acceptance. But it's two main things that I recommend, highly recommend that you do. The first thing, it's time for you to hear that quote that I mentioned that can change your life forever. Apply this quote to your life. The greatest freedom is the freedom of choice. The greatest freedom is the freedom of choice. Where you remove yourself from a place of have to do and you go to a place of I choose to do. That is the greatest freedom. Where anyone else's actions, it doesn't affect you. And you don't take that personally because they made their choice. The second thing I recommend, I highly recommend that you get a professional coach. There's nothing in this world like talking to someone about your issues. And not just someone. Because we, we, I, you know, therapy is a great thing. I went through therapy, and it's great. Talking to friends is a great thing. I went through that. That's also great. I'm not disparaging any other avenue. I'm saying those things have their advantages and disadvantages. And right now, in the moment of rejection, you really don't want advice. You really don't want someone telling you where you should go. You just want someone to listen. And that's what a professional coach will do for you. And that's what I want to do for you. I want to be able to go along your journey to acceptance along with you. Getting to the goals that you desire. Rejection was not the end of my story. You're looking at somebody who's completely choosing the life that I want to live. More episodes will come. I want to be able to tell you the great things that have come on the other side of rejection. But I'm telling you that I can relate to your story. I can relate to your pain. And I want to be able to walk along this journey with you to a certain